Hey, y'all. Thank you so much for joining me in another episode of Take a Seat. I'm your host, Sienna Hope, and today I have joining with me Nashville therapist, Sepeda Speakman. And we are talking about the power of the ego, the power of forgiveness, and how they speak so much volume about who we are as people. And so this is, you know, that self-check we're doing. And thank you so much, Sepeda, for joining me. I'm so happy that you were able to join um, in on this conversation. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. <laughs> so first thing first, tell me exactly who you are and to listeners, who you are and what you do. Um, so I'm Sepeda. I am a therapist and I have been doing this for now a little over six years. And I have, I've kind of worked all over the board. I've worked with children, young children, adolescents, um, adults, and then a little bit of substance abuse here and there and anxiety, depression, just kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So my first question into this conversation is, can you please define what forgiveness actually is? Forgiveness is when someone that has been wronged makes the choice to let go of their resentments. And so what does forgiving someone truly looks like? Like explain that process, what happens mentally and emotionally? Forgiving someone means you release yourself of the resentments that you have against the person that has hurt you or wronged you. So it's more so about freeing yourself rather than the other person. Because regardless of whether or not you forgive someone, they still get to continue their life, you know, being normal, unaffected, doing their regular day-to-day. It's not being hindered based on your forgiveness. Um, But when you hold on to those resentments and the anger and the shame that can come from all that, it impacts you negatively. And so you can't really move forward without forgiving. Um, So, yeah, and I think the process of forgiveness is to understand what the person that did the wrongdoing to you, like understand what the wrongdoing actually was, how it's impacted you. Um, and then to kind of try to understand a little bit more about forgiveness too, and then to make this decision on whether or not you want to forgive that person. And then if you decide you do want to forgive that person to try and understand that person from a perspective of trying to be compassionate towards them, which I think is really hard for people to do when you're trying Mm -hmm. to forgive someone because they obviously did something wrong to you. Um, but I think if you're able to look at them in a compassionate way, then you can have a better understanding of them, which can kind of help you move forward in the process. And then you get to work on processing and decreasing your emotions that are impacting you negatively, and then look for meaning in the experience and how you were able to grow from it. Yeah. And I like how you said that forgiveness is really about you Yes. individually letting go of what someone else has done to you. So basically not holding that grudge anymore. Yes. Yes. I think a lot of people view it as like when you're forgiving someone, you're like letting them off the hook or something like that. Mm. Whereas it's like, you know, it becomes focused around that other person when it's really more so about you. Mm-hmm. And understanding the why, understanding the why, that's what I got from what you just said really mm-hmm. is being understanding in in their in their shoes as well that's difficult i can say that personally (laughs) (laughs) i think that i think that's what makes forgiveness so hard because it's it is really hard to be compassionate Mm -hmm. towards someone who 
has hurt you. You know, essentially mm-hmm. you are hurt. You are impacted negatively. You're having all these emotions of sadness, anger, a lot of resentments. And so I think it is really hard to kind of turn that into compassion to this person who's done all this to you, made you feel this way. Mm-hmm. But I think it also helps you to be able to move forward because you are able to understand them because, you know, we all, we all have a past. We all have experiences that mm-hmm. let us to everything that we do. And so if you can better understand that, you can better understand where that person is coming from. That doesn't mean it's okay what they did, but if you have like a better understanding, I think it helps you to be able to move forward. So you're saying having that emotion when it comes to someone who has done something wrong to you, that that's valid. Just don't hold on to it. Don't harbor it. Yes, that's correct. Ooh, <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can, I can. Like I said, I can personally say that that is that is difficult. Um, right. So let's let's reverse the role here. You know, um, a lot of times we talk about how, you know, we should forgive someone, but what if we're the person that needs to be forgiven? You know, what if we were the person that, you know, did the wrong? So how do right. how how do we approach that situation? How do we make ourselves better? And most importantly, how do we kind of accept the fact that maybe I did do this wrong? Right. Um, I think that also, I mean, I think that takes a lot of self-awareness because, I mean, you know, to be able to do that, you need to know that you did something wrong. So I think that requires a lot of self-awareness and being, being able to recognize that. And then I think also being able to forgive yourself yeah, I mean, yeah, just being able to be, forgive yourself. I think that's something else that people don't really think much in, about is just that we do need to forgive ourselves. Like, you know, even if we did do something wrong, that doesn't mean we're automatically a horrible person. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can also work to improve ourselves and learn from that experience as well to try not to repeat it. And then if it's possible, depending on the other person to try and make that right, whether that is you know, apologizing, um, taking ownership for what you did and trying to not excuse what you did, but kind of explain, just explain why you did it or like where that kind of came from rather than trying to just make, make excuses and try to force that forgiveness, forgiveness from them as well. Um, so I think trying to forgive yourself and then if possible, make amends with the other person as well. Do you think making amends with a person is necessary, like having that closure, or is it more so of whatever is best for you? I don't think that the forgiveness from the other person is necessarily needed uh, to make the amends for you to be able to move on. I think for some people, it might help the process. I don't think that you should rely necessarily on that process because you may never be able to get that. But like for me personally, um, if it's possible, I like, that's one of the things that I would do is kind of, you know, at least, you know, get out that I am sorry and just kind of see where that goes and wherever that goes, it's fine. But um, that's just kind of my process of trying to do that. But then I think the focus should more so definitely be on you Mm. because that's the only thing you can actually do anything with, you know, we can't get anything from someone else. We can only get that from within us. Yes. And I like how you said that you did that you know, according to how you felt was best for you and not necessarily um, looking for that in someone else. Because I Mm -hmm. think too, that a lot of times we kind of expect ourselves from other people. 
And also, especially when it comes to forgiveness or when it comes to that closure, it's either, well, I'm not reaching out to them or I, I, I'm just going to wipe my hands with them. Or mm. um, it's like, well, if they don't say anything, I'm not going to say anything. It's like that tit for tat type of situation. And it's just right. like, just give them the cold shoulder and then, you know. So it takes a lot of guts to apologize or it takes a lot of guts to um, forgive. Um, And so in circumstances where forgiveness is not always deserving, um, because like I said, in in situations, it's really hard. Um, um, So how do we put our egos aside? Or do you think our ego is in a way when we aren't willing to forgive someone? I think it, yeah, I mean, I think it does definitely get in the way. Um, Because I mean, it's like, you know, it's hard to be able to forgive someone um, because I think it is seen as like letting go of that person and like what they did wrong to us. And so like, you know, our ego is a lot of our, like our sense of ourselves. And so mm-hmm. when someone does something to us, that kind of is like an attack of our, who we are. And so I mm-hmm. think when we view it as, you know, letting them get by with that, that it makes it really difficult. Um, but I think that trying to, understand that that's not like the intentions behind it were not necessarily to tear you down in that I guess being aware of your ego too and noticing that you are taking it in a just a very I mean things can be personal obviously but Mm -hmm. when it when it just becomes so big and emotional we kind of tend to react to that emotion rather than kind of stopping and thinking so I think if we're able to see it more as we're doing something for ourselves to let ourselves heal and not so much focused on the other person. And that can help us more with kind of pushing our ego to the side. Mm -hmm. And how do we become aware of our ego? Like, do you have any tips or any advice of how we can really um, sort ourselves from our ego? That's really hard. And I feel like that's something that... (laughs) you probably can get a different response from everyone too. I think, Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, there's self-awareness. So really practicing being mindful of your thoughts and your emotions and kind of being able to recognize where your emotions are coming with. So I think that requires a lot of sitting with your emotions and really feeling them and then backtracking on how those came about, like what thoughts led you to that. Um, So I think that's a way to like be more self-aware and then just using mindfulness. Yeah. So I think those ways to just kind of, and then, you know, I think sitting with like the messages, like whether it's positive messages or negative messages, like we send ourselves a lot of messages in our mind that kind of reflect on the world around us too. And they kind of skew our perceptions of everything. So if you notice that like, you know, your perceptions of life and everything that's happening is very negative or it's very like elated, um, just kind of checking yourself and being like, why do I think that? And kind of trying to figure out where that came from and seeing if there was something in the past that like, I don't know, sometimes in childhood, you know, something can happen and we get this message and we kind of attach that message and then allow ourselves to continue feeding into that message. Yeah. So how much is your ego really your identity? Because a lot of times, well, I see that, you know, you can't, depart away from your ego but at the same time it's like you have to change your ego so it's like okay is this really me <laughs> you know it's just right it's just a lot you know so how much 
um, is your ego, your identity. Right. Well, again, I think this one can also be answered differently because ego is a very, I don't even know the word is for, but it's just like a term that people just view it so differently um, and just interpret it so differently. But I think it's your sense of self. And so I think um, being able to separate your ego from your identity, I don't think it is full on your identity. I think it plays a role into your identity. Mm. Um, So, you know, because it is the sense of yourself, it's the part of yourself that responds from self-preservation. It's there to protect you. Um, so, the, you know, like I mentioned earlier, the messages that you receive, those will all impact different aspects of your life, your thoughts and skew your perceptions to fit it. Um, but I think if you were to take the ego completely away, I think you're still going to have an identity as well, because there's still other parts of you, too. Hmm. Imagine that taking your ego away and who do you have? I guess ourselves still, but are we really ourselves? Yeah, I mean, that is that's a good question. I don't know. I don't know if we still <laughs> yeah, are ourselves and, and look, or do we just no me. longer have a sense of our, who we are? I yeah. don't know. It's... That's just me being the curious person that I am. Like, <laughs> Right. No, I mean, I feel like this kind of talk can just like, I don't know, just send you into all sorts of like questions. And it's just like, where do I find these answers? But... <laughs> So um, is there a way that we can let go of our ego without changing who we are? I think, well, yeah, I think, I think there is a way to, to be able to do that. I think trying to find kind of get like more of a balance of your ego. Uh, so, you know, not at being super elated or super negative and just kind of having a more balanced sense of yourself. Um, and so that way, like, I don't think that, you know, again, I don't think that would change your core beliefs or your values or your personality that create more of a positive and balanced idea of yourself. Um, kind of like that kind of change your perspective on life, but not necessarily change who you are. I think there might be some changes um, with like maybe how you act or, you know, if you, if you have a better self image of yourself, you're going to probably act differently than you would with like a negative self image, but I don't think it's going to truly change who you are at the core. Like it's not going to change your actual values. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And any experiences that you face personally that over time that you've been able to grow in that self-awareness area of your life? Man, I feel like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the answer to that is yes. I think, Mm -hmm. um, I think really being like going through the process to be where I am today, even like, you know, with my career and like grad Mm -hmm. school, I think that was probably the most like eye-opening experience for myself for self-awareness. Because up until then, I don't really think I was very self-aware, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the more I start learning about things and just like learning about just even emotions, I think, I don't know, that was like really hard for me because, um, growing up, I, uh, I just tend, I like would hold a lot of things in. Mm. Um, I don't really know why, like, cause like it was okay to talk about emotions growing up, but I just didn't feel comfortable talking about them like outside of like my family, because I just thought that would reflect on who I was. Like if I was sad, then someone's going to see that as a negative thing. Whereas 
going through and learning more about this stuff, I realized that emotions are emotions. Everyone feels them. And there's not really a negative emotion. It's just how we react to that emotion that can be negative. Mm. And so I think just that kind of helped me become more aware of just like how I'm feeling. And then that kind of made me more aware of how I'm thinking and where all that kind of stems from. Yeah. Yeah. And definitely with internalizing things more so, would you say you were internalizing things uh, more frequently when you were younger rather than, than today? Oh, absolutely. Yes. I I do think that. And I think that is really common too, because when you're growing up too, you're trying to kind of figure out who you are and get a, get a sense of your identity. Mm -hmm. And then you have all these external factors that, you know, kids and teenagers are going through that are just a lot for young people to go through. So I do think, yes. Do you think that opening up yourself to the world around you that you think that's important when it comes to um, evolving? Oh, absolutely. I, yes, I'm a very big firm believer in that. Um, (laughs) I love people being vulnerable. I'm very into being vulnerable, like emotions. Mm -hmm. Um, If you spend a lot of time with me and you go close to me, I'm going to maybe ask you some questions that you're going to make you uncomfortable, but that's just like, that's something that I love because I do love to be able to have others be vulnerable and then see that they can be accepted because I think Mm -hmm. that's so important because it's so scary to be vulnerable Mm -hmm. because there's such a fear of rejection that goes along with that. And so, but once you do it, not just anybody, but you know, someone that you feel safe with, once you do Mm -hmm. it, you see that you are accepted and it's just such a powerful feeling. And it just, I mean, it's, I feel like it is life-changing to be able to be open and vulnerable with people and then be met with a positive response. Yeah. And I definitely feel that now today uh, uh, we see a lot of more people being vulnerable and being transparent and having those conversations that were taboo when we were younger or um, just having those conversations where it was just like, nope, I'm going to sit here and I'm just going to internalize it. And no, you know, these conversations are being had. So that's something that I've, that I've grown witness to. Um, and even myself, I mean, I internalize a, a lot of things, but I'm also learning to just kind of like not hold it in because it's not healthy. It's not healthy right. at all. And I, I wanted to get your take on that, um, kind of internalizing things that either we aren't comfortable in talking about or um, either, you know, we'll rather just deal with it on our own, you know, just, just that mentality. Um, how do you think that habit can be broken and not necessarily saying that you have to speak on everything that you go through, right? Uh, but just not holding it in either, finding an outlet. How important is that? Right. I mean, I think that's, I mean, yeah, I think that's so important to do because it can, I mean, it becomes a lot when you internalize everything and you don't have an outlet because it just all like, it just piles up and it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and it Mm -hmm. can just have so many impacts that can be negative and harmful to you and so I think finding a way to get that out whether that's you know just even like writing it out I think is something that can be helpful for some people especially if you're not comfortable saying that to someone and then you know obviously I'm always pro going to a counselor to talk to someone and that's kind of I think that could be a really easy way because it's someone you don't know and you get to kind of go into a place where you're not judged and be able to get everything out. And I think it can be good practice too, to where you could actually do it with like, you know, a few safe people that you feel comfortable with. And then yeah, I think a lot of it too is being able to practice to get it actually out there and then have it met with acceptance. And so that's kind of like the positive reinforcement too. And then I also think you need to 
be aware of all that's even happening to be able to do any of that too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, I want to point out one thing that you said, which is so true. Um, Earlier, you mentioned that, you know, a lot of times there is um, a sense of uh, fear or, you know, not wanting to be rejected is the reason why we kind of just stay in our bubble or um, we don't talk about things or we don't forgive or um, ask for forgiveness. Talk a little bit more about that and how that can also uh, be detrimental, but in a way, um, how can we also not continue that that path of being fearful and having uh, a fear of rejection and all of that? Right. Yeah, I mean, I do think that, yeah, a lot of the things that we struggle with are fear-based, and I think a lot of it is the fear of rejection, um, because I think that's what we just struggle with as humans a lot, because, you know, humans are made for connection, and we want to connect with people, we want to be able to be liked, and I think when we have, like, the possible thought that, oh my gosh, this person might reject me or might not like me if I tell them the truth about myself, or tell them how I'm really feeling, or this thought that I'm having, because I think sometimes we can think that it's just us having these thoughts and like, it's not, mm-hmm. you know, we feel alone in those thoughts when it's not true. You know, a lot of people are struggling with the same things that we are and it's different, you know, it's different. The way that we're struggling is different, but there's a lot of the similar struggles. And then, so I think once you are able to actually open up and share something with someone and then be able to feel acceptance instead of the rejection can just be so huge. So powerful, powerful. Yeah. A breath of fresh air. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's a big relief. Yeah. It's just like a weight lifted off your shoulders. It is a fresh air. It's really nice. Um, and I think it's just very important. So that way you can just let it go, you know, and just not have to hold on to all of this stuff all by yourself. Um, and it's, you know, asking for help from others. I think that's also something that people really struggle with is like, help is seen as a weakness and we don't want to be weak, but really I think asking for help is one of the most courageous things you could do because it's so hard to do and mm-hmm. you do have to be vulnerable to be able to do that. So I think you know, just being able to reach out and ask for help, whether it's with, you know, an anxious thought or like if you're sad about something, just whatever it is, you know, if you need something to help you move or something, you know, just any type of help. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then, having because I think most people too will respond in a way that is positive you know most people want to be there for you if you're friends with someone you're not going to tell them how you're feeling and they're just going to make fun of you and laugh in your face like right yeah right um in the end too um a lot of us are self-sufficient you know uh, we we want to be we want to do everything on our own or we don't want to extend that a lot of times we don't ask for help because like you said, it's looked at as, oh, you know, a sign of weakness, but in a sense is, I mean, in reality it's not, you know, you just yes. need the help, get the help, right? <laughs> get the help. And so um, letting go, you talked about letting go. Talk about the power of letting go of just like releasing what's no longer for you and releasing everything that was in you know, taking space, making up space for things to come to you. Right. I think, yeah, I mean, the power of letting go is one of the most freeing things you can do because it does, it, it takes up a lot of space. 
Um, even if it's, you know, like mental space that's taking up, Mm -hmm. that's a lot because I mean, everything we're doing day to day is based on that and it can, you know, impact you physically too. I mean, there's things that can happen because you can harbor so much and like, you know, even just like I'll give anxiety as an example, because I think that's a simple way to explain it. But, you know, when you do just hold on to all this anxiety and anxious thoughts, you know, it can cause headaches, it can cause stomach issues. And so I think, just thinking about how there could be physical symptoms as well that come from holding everything in as much, and, and then as well as having the mental symptoms too. And just how, I mean, that's really how we function, you know, like day to day, like we move our bodies and <laughs> we use our brains. Yep. And so I think if we have all this stuff, that's just kind of fogging everything. It's just really hard to function. And once you're able to let go and breathe and be free, you are able to function better. You're able to function happier. You're able to function more productively. And I think it just just has an overall positive effect on you and who you are. Yes. Yes. I can definitely attest to that. And especially with the headaches though. With yes. the headaches. Oh, <laughs> sometimes I've I, been there I, too. <laughs> I drive myself crazy with the headaches and I'm just like, Oh, not again. And I don't want to, I don't want to take any medication or anything like that. And I just kind of, right. you know, push it out but oh wow it it gets it gets hard um but I think that when I get in that space one of the things that I just remember is like this too shall pass and I can only control my response to the situation I can't control anything else and so that's one of the things that I think about when I get in 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 that zone and when I feel myself seeping just like no pick your head up so how, how do you, how do you get through those moments yourself? Um, it's very, I mean, it's similar to that. You know, I try to just a lot. I do try to focus on the things that I can control because I think the things that we can't control are, a lot of times are the things that we get caught up on. And I think it's because of the fact that we can't control them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we do want control. We want to know what's going to happen. We know want to know just, we just want to know. And I think mm-hmm. once we can't know that, or we don't know that is when it kind of, has an issue with us and it like butts our head um so I think trying to focus on how I can only control what I can't control and then a lot of times when I start noticing myself too um kind of getting in you know where I'm feeling anxious I'm getting headaches or um feeling sad or something I try to I try to actually get up and do something which is really hard for me to do in those moments because all I want to do is just kind of lay in bed, mm-hmm. get on the covers and kind of just like sulk in it and, mm-hmm. you know, bask in it because I don't know why I think that's what feels good when it really doesn't. And so right. it makes it forcing, worse. Yes. <laughs> but it's just, I don't know why that's like my go-to and it's just, it seems so comfortable, but it's awful. Um, so just being able to force myself to do something and something that I enjoy. So whether that is going on a walk or listening to music, mm-hmm. um, baking, just anything that I can like kind of do that's, that's, that's actually doable. Um, and so trying to do that and then, yeah, so that, that's really what it is that I try to do. Yeah. So what do you want listeners to take away from the episode overall? Just everything that we've talked about with the power of ego, the power of forgiveness, the power of letting go. What is, what is one thing or a couple of things that you want listeners uh, to take away from this conversation? It's a hard one. I'm, there's like so much. Um, <laughs> I would think that I would want listeners to take away is really trying to, I guess, focus. I think the the general is like focusing on 
self-acceptance a lot of it um and trying to work on self-acceptance and then also working on letting the negative out um and yeah just letting go so i think i think both of those are just very freeing and something that can relax you and just make you feel overall better so accepting who you are and then letting go of everything else you know just kind of letting go of your negative beliefs negative letting go of stressors and just letting go of all the things that are holding you back so that you can actually fully accept yourself and move forward with your life and live your best life Yes, I'm all for living your best life. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Sepeda, I just want to say thank you so much for joining me in this episode. You've dropped a lot of gems and I'm so, so thankful uh, that you were able to come on the episode and um, talk about, like I said, the power of forgiveness, the power of uh, ego and the power of letting go. Because like you said, those are key ways to know who we are um inside and also that that's key that those are key ways to grow uh both individually and collectively as a people so thank you so much i really appreciate it thank you so much for having me i'm so thankful season one 20th episode and this concludes the first season of take a seat podcast so i'm so excited about this journey for everyone who's listening thank y'all so much for tuning in and i just really appreciate your continuous support um your feedback um and i'm so thankful for all of the guests who have come on the show and also sepida thank you for closing out this final episode and i'm just really appreciative and so I can say thank you so much over and over again. So I'm not going to hold (laughs) y'all, but thank y'all. And like I always say, I'll see y'all in the next episode of take a seat. In the meantime, be blessed y'all.